Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, it's Jackie Cation And you are listening to The Dork Forest The website's JackieCation.com DorkForest.com TheDorkForest.com if you like a determiner Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and video. Vilmos works on JackieCation.com. And Mike Rickberg uh, sang the song with his wife, Sarah. He composed it, and he will sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening to The Dorks Forest. Here's a scoop. I'm doing stand-up online. A lot of Zoom shows will eventually go back on the road. Sign up for my email list. It's easy to get off. It's harder to get on than it is to get off. And no harm, no foul. If ever bored, JackieCasia.com, sign up for the email list. You'll find out about my weekly Zoom shows and stand up on the road eventually. You may donate to the show if you would like. I would like. Sure, I would. There's PayPal, Jackie at JackieCasia.com, and there is a PayPal button on both ZorkForest.com and JackieCasia.com, and there's Venmo, if you like Venmo, Jackie-Cation, oddly enough. If you have listened to all of the shows, go to dorkforest.bandcamp.com, I think. The Dork Forest has a Bandcamp page. You can listen to a, but a lot of ones that are free from pre 2000 nine when I started pre-recording and uh, then there's uh, live episodes that cost me a couple of bucks so I charge you a couple of bucks there's also some stand-up there's a story uh, album that's very exciting there and um, other than that I have a lot of merch in my garage feel free to order if you know anybody who doesn't have any CDs or the DVD and uh, you can follow me everywhere at Jackie Cation let's get into the show hi Jackie Cation, here we are. Guess who's back? It's Mike Drucker. Hello. Uh, hello. I, you know, whenever I talk about, oh, anybody, what I like to do uh, when I'm talking, usually to Andy Ashcraft, is I like to say, this person, and then I go, he was the dork about the thing. Yeah. And for you, it's always VR. It's mm -hmm. you have all the VR sets in the whole wide world. I do. Here's the weird thing about your setup. Wait, Mike Drucker, I should probably tell people. Uh, it's Is it at Mike Drucker? Uh, at Mike on, Drucker on Twitter, yeah, on Twitter and all the things, uh, mm -hmm. which is hilarious, and people should follow. And Thank then, you. and it's got a lot of uh, video game information, which you we will be getting into. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, and then you, uh, so you have a book about video games called Silent Hill Two. Yeah, you said yep. it's part of a series where people write about different video mm -hmm. games, and you're writing the one you which will all be out by the time this comes out. Yeah, yeah. On, on Silent Hill 2. Mm -hmm. And then you are head writer and one of the executive producers of Full Frontal with Samantha B. if I That's right. Correctly. That is correct. Now, uh, in, in less exciting, I have to show you this, uh, this filter that reminds me of the what it looks like where you are. Uh, because you are where you are, right? You're sitting in your home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. <laughs> what do you think of this? I, but I like that. Is that what it? Yeah, I like that. That's the kind of what it looks like mid-century chair. I yeah. see a mid-century chair behind you. And uh, this is my favorite video filter on Zoom. <laughs> I, I that chair has that people love that chair. And it was like, I was like, oh, this is a nice chair. And I bought it. That chair gets more compliments than anything else in my apartment. <laughs> 
including myself. Right, right. You're just like, wow, what, is that chair comfortable? It doesn't look comfortable. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's wobbly. It's, no matter how much you tighten it at the bottom. Right. It's just sort of just sitting in a weird. All right. Right. Anyway, so. <laughs> What we're going to dork out today with with Mike Drucker, you should know, is video games, but mm-hmm. specifically horror video games, which right. I don't know anything about because horror video games, much like horror movies and television, genuinely frightened me. Yeah. So don't want any part of it. <laughs> and uh, But I know people who do, and they listen mm-hmm. to this program. So I say, let's get into it. Uh, what is it like? <laughs> what is I mean, the only one I know is Diablo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's scary. I think that's the first word yeah. I use. It's scary. It's pretty scary. Yeah. Um, uh, I, well, I think that uh, I actually, I actually, I like horror movies, but I'm not a huge horror movie person. Like, I have friends who will watch everything on Shutter, will see everything that hits theaters, and I'm very pick and choosy with horror films. And I love horror video games. I think because of the agency you have. Like I find horror video games scarier than horror movies. However, the ability of me to control the character makes me less anxious. Oh. Does that make like a jump scare? Oh, sorry. Yep. That jump, makes like, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, yeah. Like jump scares scare me more in horror video games, but like I'm 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 the one who's choosing to go in there. So I don't have to be like, oh, oh no, oh no. Yeah. Because you're just, right, because you could actually do something about it. Mm-hmm. That is the problem with horror movies and horror <laughs> books where I'm just like, that's not the decision I would have made. What are oh, that's you That's a bad call. Yeah. That's a bad, that's seriously a bad call. <laughs> it's such a bad call. Um, and it and- feels like it's a bad call made fictionally to move the narrative forward. forward. And I was just like, that seems like sloppy writing. Yeah. Yeah. How about something horror? I mean, and granted, when something horrible happens in a horror in a in a scary movie, where you've made all the right decisions, that <laughs> which is what comes to mind is Silence of the Lambs, a movie oh, I yeah. saw by accident. But here's the thing: <laughs> I would never have chosen such a thing. Anyway, so, but this is a movie where if even if you had done all the right things, the mm-hmm. the the murdered people met the murderers and yeah. were murdered. Uh, <laughs> So, but the, but yeah, so those are even scarier than, mm-hmm. hey, dummy, don't, yeah. oh, did you hear a chainsaw and you saw somebody with bloodshot eyes? What is that? What's yeah. happening? It's uh, fine. Mm, no. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, and I don't know. I think that there's something fun, like captivating about horror games because it's such a real emotion it draws out of you in the moment. Um, right. You know, like with, your listeners and you all play video games. Like, you know, there's a lot of abstraction in games where you're thinking about what you're, like how you're playing as you're playing. But with yeah. horror games, there's often a removal of that sort of initial layer because you're so like invested in what's happening in the moment or escaping or keeping yourself alive. Okay. And to me, that almost like a, horror games create like a lot of immersion for me. You know, because you're so engaged with your fear, you're, you're less like, you know, like paying attention to what's around you. You're less distracted. And that's doubly so in VR horror games, which are intense. Oh, I bet. VR horror games. VR Holy horror games. Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a terrible idea. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like there's one uh, VR horror game called Duck Season. And the way it starts is it almost starts as like this 1980s nostalgia game where you're like playing sort of knockoff equivalents of 
equivalents of old Nintendo games. And one of them is called Duck Season, which is their version of Duck Hunt. And the more you play it, the more it becomes weird and terrifying and like sort of meta. But there is a moment uh, when you're playing, cause you're like playing a little kid who's like sitting in a living room, but you can like look around and at certain points, like, you know, early in the game, like your mom might be cooking something in the kitchen or like someone's walking by behind you. Um, very 1980s sitcom house look. Right. And later on you hear a noise behind you and you're like, I know I'm supposed to turn around. I very much don't want to turn around, <laughs> but I know I have to. And when you turn around, it's terrifying um, without spoiling it. But right. it's, yeah, it's, it, it, it almost combines like a theme park with a horror film. Wow. So it's, and the name of this VR game is Duck Season? Duck Season. Uh, that sounds incredibly well done and it's horrifying. So yeah, so yeah, because you're just playing Duck Hunt. You're yeah. sitting there in in a game. Yeah like like a nesting doll person playing duck mm -hmm. hunt and so and that's an okay game you're just sitting yeah. there in in a living room and you could look around the living room and you can do whatever it's too bad there's no smell o vision because uh, then you could like you could smell your mom's cooking or whatever right and and then all of a sudden you're not smelling anything maybe right. blood. <laughs> maybe horrible horrible blood just coppery and, blood yeah just sort of sulfur yeah. and then you turn around and it's the devil <laughs> anyway so wow so that was who makes duck season uh i actually forgot the name of the company that makes okay. it it's a relatively small indie company okay um, and and what is it on like what goggles are you using for this particular situation it is on only right now PC VR. So like it doesn't work with things like the Oculus Quest. It might also be on PS4 VR, although I'm not certain about that. I played it on uh, Steam. Oh, okay. It's not oh, just expensive. a Steam PC VR situation. Yeah. I also think that they converted it to non-VR. Like you can play it just sort of like a regular game. But oh. to me, it's really the VR experience is what makes it. Oh, it sounds like the VR experience makes it. Yeah. Um, the, 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 your virtual, uh, yeah, how much you love VR has been established. See his published works. <laughs> See a previous episode of the Dork Forest, Mike Drucker. Yeah. And, uh, but the, um, I love, are there, are there ones that are just 2D that, that are, are super fun? Yeah. Or horrifying? Um, well, then there's also like, I would, you know, sort of unofficially split a lot of horror games into two different types. Okay. And this is oversimplifying, but like one type is more like your sort of run and gun or survive zombies, where it's really about surviving combat, finding ammo, hiding at the right time. Okay. So your resident, your resident evils, um, uh, your, uh, let me think, what else? Outcast um, okay, or so Outlast. Resident Evil and and Outlast or whatever are mm -hmm. are they like the the only first person but like the first person shooter that I played the most in quarantine and possibly enough to actually get okay at it yeah and and essentially like when I first started playing I was playing you know over the headset and there were children going what are you doing <laughs> and I was like no, no I don't know what I'm doing and yeah. so uh, but the it was Apex Legend. Yeah. So that is just a first person shooter where you are picking up weapons and picking up ammo and picking up defenses and going around killing each other. Yeah. So something like Resident Evil, is that somehow, is that a first person shooter, but with a horror element? 
Um, they have first person shooters like that. That one is uh, usually third person. So you're saying over the shoulder, but it's okay. very much like that. Um, and there are games, but there are games that are online that do that with horror. Like there's this game called um, Dead by Daylight, which okay. is an awesome game. And in it, four people play humans. Four people are humans and one person is a killer. Okay. And you're basically, the four humans are trying to work together to like start generators or find a car or escape. And the yeah. killer is trying to kill them. And what's great about it is one, the killer is far more powerful than the people. So it's, you're, it's easier to see where everyone is. It's easier to get the jump on people. It's easier to hang people on hooks, obviously. And the humans <laughs> are very weak, but it's fun because like when you're a human, you're like, oh God, he found me. I got to, like, it really does recreate that 80s slasher film feel. But when you're the monster, you're like, you really do. You're like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find you, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> it's so great. And so, and it's arbitrary which one you, wh who you play? Um, when you can go be, into yeah. Dead by Daylight, um, can you pick your character or? or you can like or, choose different characters, like different humans have different powers. You can like choose characters and stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, fun. And then, uh, but who is assigned the killer? Can you choose to be the killer? You can choose to be the killer. You can okay. randomize it. Um, oh, nice. And okay. they have different killers. Like they actually have, they have guest killers for movies. So they have like, um, they have they have someone from Silent Hill too. They have the pyramid head monster, which I'm sure I'll talk about. They have yeah. um, they have like different. I'm forgetting which ones are the movie ones and which ones are the games ones. But they have like a lot of famous ones. They play off types. Like they have like a circus twin. Like a recent one is this circus twin, where your power is you can throw a twin who attacks some like runs and attacks somebody. It's like uh, a circus Siamese yeah, twin. Yeah, like it's sure. very horror tropes. Right. Right. What, why uh, wouldn't it be uh, good right. for them for, cause that's the fun part too, is if you're into this genre, you want to see all that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. and you're like, well, they, they missed an, they left money on the table here. They didn't introduce uh, an evil twin or a circus twin or what, yeah, anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's fun because they keep updating it. So like, you know, they, you have to pay for these updates, but it's a couple years old, but like every couple months they're like, here's the new killer and here's the new human survivors. And the human survivors also have their own, like killers might have powers like teleporting or uh, super hearing. So you can like sense people farther. Mm -hmm. um, but the humans have things like they're able to maybe like trick the killer or they're able to hide better. Like, so everyone has their own little superpowers depending on who you are. But again, it's, it's so much fun. It's so much fun hunting down people. Uh, I would like home alone powers. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> I would like to be able to take the products in a target and then turn them into something oh, uh, that would uh, thwart so the bad great. guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so let's back up though and talk about, are there older ones? Like, should I, sh should we get into this slower? Talk to me. Yeah. About, yeah. Um, well, there's definitely older ones going back to, you know, the, you know, the rise of computers in the 80s, a lot of, you know, initial text adventures, by virtue of the fact that there was no visuals could be very spooky. And there were there were a few that were like, you know, disturbing or had, even the Zork games had their own scary moments. You didn't know what you were doing. You didn't know what you were doing. And I'll tell you something. There were a couple of games. Sometimes uh how frustrating you know what's terrifying not actually knowing how to get away from old man willow on the lord of the rings text, <laughs> text adventure uh, <laughs> i died every time standing next to lord, uh, old man willow and i don't i don't approve at all and then uh and then i played a a, a, a bird's eye one like a, a top down mm -hmm. um run around it was half text and half um mediocre it's it was uh dungeons of doom Something like oh, that. Oh, uh, something. 
of doom anyway but you'd go through all these levels and you'd pick up different things and you could eat things and you could get sick and you could die (laughs) and uh but then monsters some of the monsters had their movement like dnd movement was much faster than yours so you would see them on on the top-down view of just essentially a box with a bunch of uh uh uh, squares of the of the dungeon and then they would be on the corner and then all of a sudden they were right there and you're like and that was about as scary as i wanted now yeah uh, there had to be scarier ones than that but there were a lot of games like that like uh, i forget the name of it but one of like the first big horror games was basically a maze where a dino like a t-rex is chasing you and it's you know, like old computer, almost like hypercardy, where it's like you move forward, the screen flashes, you're a little bit forward. It's not like <laughs> seamlessly moving. But then what made it scary is you'd have little things where it's like, it's looking for you, or it's right behind you, or right. run. Right. And so like it had these things where you're like, oh no. Um, and that was like, it's if you look at it now, and again, I forget the title of it and I apologize, but if you look at it, it's like the most simple graphics. But you can imagine being in the 80s being like, oh, this thing's chasing me and this game is letting me know how I'm being chased. Right. And with that flash uh, sort of reload business, it flashes. And then all of a sudden you get a message going, oh, it's right behind you. Yeah. And you're like, while it was loading? And- yeah. <laughs> so- it's so funny, though. It's it's. Um, but then, you know, uh, over time, games got a little more complex, obviously. I think the first one that's kind of like considered the first true modernish horror game is Alone in the Dark. Okay. Um, which was a game in the, I want to say early 90s, maybe late 80s, a PC game. And it's basically, it's a very slow, very ugly looking version of what you probably see in Resident Evil, where you're look moving around rooms, where there's sort of skewed camera angles to give you that horror movie impression. Okay. Um, where like things like walk by, like you see something cross by a window and you're like, what was that? And it was very Lovecraftian. That's another thing too, is um, far, far more than movies. Video games are very, they love Lovecraft. Uh, right. Outside of the racism, which there's a right. lot. Right. Which, and, and they, and they, they whitewash it, don't they? Or in this case, non-whitewash it. They non They, di- they it. diversify it. Yeah. And uh, so good for them. Because yeah. the thing is, is, is the things that I, and I've had dork for us about Lovecraft, the things that people love about Lovecraft are almost never that he was a racist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or certainly no guests of the dork forest or the people. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the things, and so the great thing about all of these people who have talents, but are also assholes in other ways, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> they eventually die yeah. and you can cherry pick the good things that you liked out of them. Are you kidding? Yeah. Who oh, doesn't yeah. want Woody Allen to die? No, that seems, that seems early anyway, <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, I hope you leave that in. I hope you do not cut that. Oh, I will not. <laughs> I, I don't have the energy. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so like, and over time you got to like, again, things like Resident Evil, which were more shooty style things. Um, um, but on the other side of it, uh, the other like sort of flip side of horror games are something I would more like more story based or more, um, more of a focused on more of a focus on maybe survival than fighting. Like there's a series of games called Amnesia and they're relatively recent. They just released a new one. And in the game, you can't fight, you can run, you can solve a puzzle, but you don't have the ability to fight. So when something shows up, you just got to book it. And 
Uh, and there was even a Silent Hill game that was like that too, Silent Hill Shattered Memories. And what that, that's such a creative thing. Cause in a game you're used to saying, how do I overcome this? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm not strong enough yet. I'll go find the right ammunition or the right gun or I'll level myself up. Um, but I know that if there is a monster here, there's a way to overcome him or maybe stealth around, but there's options. Right. And in games like this, it's like, no, this thing would kill you. So run. And to me, again, that's like super fun. Cause it, it, it's, it's putting it's, you in, it, sorry. It, well, I mean, it, it seems like an, a new angle because how do you, how would you win? Do you just get away? Right, you just get away, you hide. You know, you, you hide, hide literally in a, like a cupboard and you're like peeking, you know, or in a like, what, an armoire? Yeah, well, whatever. What, <laughs> oh, I wasn't gonna call you on the furniture. Uh, you're good and uh, <laughs> cupboard is fine. Has there, been a, has, has there been a furniture nerd, by the way? Uh, not a, no, matter of fact, note to self. That would be uh, so cool. Is, yeah, furniture nerd would be great. Uh, Todd Glass, the closest we've come. Uh, <laughs> because he had, it was a great, he, I, I wanted to get him on again to talk about, cause it, he, he loves, um, table settings anyway, oh. which is, was as close as I got to, um, furniture. That's but crazy. I would say this is that, um, so if you win by getting out, cause the, remember that, that top down thing that I was just mm-hmm. talking about that top down game, the doom, what you had to do is you had to go up 40, 45 mm-hmm. levels, pick up all the scrolls and all the things you need. You were looking for something called the orb. Right. Um, you would occasionally run into a wizard. Um, and then if you made it to 45, you would have acquired the orb, not even realizing you acquired the orb. But as right. soon as you acquire the orb, you have to get out the front door and the wizard wants his orb back. So he's just chasing you as you run, as you find the stairs and remember yeah. where the stairs were and just run down and down and down and down. And once you get out, victory screen. And yeah. by the way, victory screen from 19... 19- uh gotta be 89 yeah uh would be just a really pixelated black and white castle that's really cool looking mm-hmm. at the time yeah. anyway uh but that was it i got out the front door and then the victory screen pops up is that what happens with this um store the amnesia yeah i mean there's more of like a story book ending so like you're getting like a little more of like a story ending to it yeah uh so throughout it oh and the other thing that these games do um and this uh, I'm not sure the origin of this element, it might have been Eternal Darkness, which was another horror game, is that certain games now do insanity. And not just like a health meter where you go insane, but like as you as like you Lovecraft. like see things, like Lovecraft, but then the game will do things like, there have been games that will glitch on the screen or Eternal Darkness was an old back in GameCube when you had memory cards and it would like flash and say memory card erased, or it would pretend to go to like the, the like what will be like an input screen. And so it's doing these things that's like, again, after a while, especially with older games, it's a bag of tricks that you see a couple times, so it's a little less scary. Right. But like the first time when you're like going insane and then the game goes straight to like an input screen, you're like, no, what happened? Like you sort of have this panic. (laughs) And what I also kind of like about that is uh, some games do it where what you're seeing is what your character would be seeing. So like, you know, maybe paintings are melting and you're like, oh, that is what me as the character sees. But it's also creative when it's like fucking with you as the gamer because it's almost it, it creates this meta narrative of like oh it's it's not haunted but it has that haunted feeling of something right. unexpected that's happening to me for playing this right right something slipped into my laptop exactly just like no no that like like that that blue screen um, that would terrify anyone yeah 
human and alive. Uh, so, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so like, yeah, uh, uh, and, and, and games that I love, there's games that cross over these two. It's not just like run and hide or shoot everything. There's games in the middle. Like the game I wrote a book about, Silent Hill 2, is it sort of comes from that tradition of run and gunning, but it really is one of the first major survival horror games that was like, that's the running and gunning is the padding. What you're here for is the story. Um, okay. Yeah. And so with Silent Hill 2, and uh, the Silent Hill series as a whole, just so you get a general overview. Yes, please. Is it's a series about a town called Silent Hill. It's this middle of nowhere America town. And it's supposed to be like the sort of like, um, almost like a, like, not, not like a rich resort, not like a Martha's Vineyard, but sort of like a, you know, like a Catskills resort where it's like, ah, me and the family drive there during the summer. It's supposed uh, to be a the, nice little town. The Wisconsin Dells. Anyway. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, and in, di in different games in the series, someone shows up and the town is abandoned uh, and the town goes through different transformations. Like there's an abandoned town that just looks like a normal town with no one there. And then it's sort of like, you'll hear an air raid siren and it turns into this almost like, um, I don't know if you've seen Jacob's Ladder, but like Jacob's Laddery type, like rusty hospital type look. Okay. So the town, the town is kind of like the main character in its own way. Okay. But um, in most of the games in the series, the central plot revolves around a cult. There's a cult that's basically, there was a cult that's been in the town for hundreds of years. Like the cult, depending on how the story has been retconned here or there, it's like involved in witch trials or they've been summoning a demon or they were buried in the past or it's a Kiwanis. civil war. Kiwanis, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but in two, the cool thing about two is it's not about the cult. It's about this guy who got a letter from his dead wife that's based, that says, meet me in Silent Hill. Like meet me at our special place in Silent Hill. Oh, and does so, he know that she's dead? And, and he is he, okay. He's like, this is where ghosts can come and hang. Okay. Right. And also this game is 20 years old. So I'm going to spoil it for anyone listening. Oh, right, so right. So make a spoil, note. Yeah. It's a, and it's fine. It's fine. Uh, like, what is the game? Is the gameplay start when you get there looking for your wife at Silent Hill? The gameplay starts with actually you looking in a bathroom mirror as this guy, James, and you're looking in the mirror and then it, you're just in this dirty bathroom that has like, just like a gross rest stop bathroom that you walk out of. And then you start exploring the town, but it even oh. like starts you off in this gross place where you're like, it's not that you're scared, but you're like, uncomfortable right right you've been you've you've already been placed in a place where you're like ah this uh, what, what is happening yeah yeah <laughs> so and so in the game and like it's sort of like resident evil where you find a gun or something like you even have like a like a like a plank that you can hit monsters with or a pipe mm -hmm. but the the meat of the game is you know you're walking around this town going into different buildings and you're trying to find out and you're meeting people like you meet this woman maria who looks just like your your dead wife but she claims she's not her and she keeps making fun of you for thinking she's her but like she seems weird and there's this woman angela who seems very confused and she's looking for her mother and you and like and uh and i'm very excited so that's why i'm like and and yeah, and yeah yeah um <clears throat> but like uh or eddie who's this like overweight very sensitive uh bullied kid character and each of them has their own story and one of the things that makes it interesting is for a game from 2001 you are the central character, but the other characters have their own things going on. So their stories aren't in service of your story. It's more like, oh, here's other people in this town going through shit at the same time as you. And sometimes you'll cross over with them, but their personal hell is not your personal hell. It, does it feel like they also got letters from dead people? 
It sort of is. Like Angela, yeah. the woman who's looking for her mom, you find out that um, she, well, you find out that this guy, James, his, as you play the game, you find out that his wife was terminally ill and she died. And he keeps saying she died of an illness. And as you go on, you sort of get a sense that the relationship was like emotionally abusive both ways, like her saying he's useless. Um, and what you find out later is that he, he smothered her to death with a pillow because he couldn't take that she was sick. And oh. this was like, like almost like this weird revenge, not revenge, but sort of like he didn't remember it until he was reminded of it by the town that's punishing him. Yes. yes. And so you sort of find out late in the game that you're kind of the bad guy right, in your right. own way. Yeah. Um, but Angela, you find out that she she killed her father and brother who were molesting her and she's looking for her mom to kill her mom who let it happen. Ah, and you find oh, out, wow. Yeah, and you find out this Eddie dude who's like the fat bullied kid, he, like, you find out he like killed a dog and, and like shot a bully and he's on the run. And, okay. And so the town of Silent Hill is almost like um, a, a purgatory or hell type thing where it's like you you go in, but you don't leave or you don't okay. leave like, you know. Yeah. Um, and so each of these characters has their own story, their own trauma, their own um, reason for being there and their own conflicts with James, uh, the main character. And it's so interesting because the game gives you just enough to figure out what's going on with these characters. But again, they're not, they're not there to give you ammo. They're not there to be a sexual interest or a mm -hmm. love, except for Maria, but she's a love interest, but you're creeped out by her. Right. It subverts all these game tropes. Like, um, it, 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 like it tricks you into thinking Maria's weak until she dies and comes back a bunch of times. It, 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 the game keeps playing you. And it's not like Eternal Darkness where it's giving you these fake outs with, you know, the GameCube pretending to die or whatever. It's more like it plays off what you expect from the genre in 2001. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. I have a mission. All right, there's, there's undead zombie looking things. I'll kill them. Oh, there's a giant, you know, it looks like my nemesis is a giant man in an apron with a metal pyramid head. Right. Um, but that's not really your nemesis. It's just someone who shows up and right. he seems to have his own things going on. It's, it's a game that almost wants you to know that your trauma is not special. Yes. In a weird way. I was just about to say is that you right. don't really matter as much as you think you do. Right. You don't matter living as much as you your think life, you do. but right. everybody else is also, oh, that is such a, a super meta kind of awesome message. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Uh <laughs> it's so great. It's such a great, it's such a great game. Oh, sorry, my Zoom window just closed. Oh. Um, it's it's such a it's such a great game. And it and it tries so many things that it pulls off well. The and, and the other reason I love it so much is for 2001, again, games were advanced by 2001. Oh yeah. But they didn't always handle the darkest shit that well. Like horror games were usually like evil corporation, zombie, or you know, being chased by, you know, a Jason Voorhees equivalent. Right. Um, right. It feels, yeah. If, if, uh, it just seems like a real basic, um, like this, the same three tropes. So things that were interesting, like if I remember correctly, I remember my nephew, this had to be in the middle nineties when he was playing Diab Diablo. And it just, I think it was the music that creeped me out more than anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's just in a wagon going up some hill. And I was like, why am I creeped out by this? And he's like, well, it's a horror video game. And I said, and I'm done hey. watching it. <laughs> and you're 15. Deal with it. You're fine. Uh, You'll handle I, it. I know that M isn't made for you, and yet it is. And uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, 
but 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 like but yeah like the it, and the music in the game the, the silent hill games are amazing i own them on yeah. vinyl which oh is, interesting uh, all right that's, that's my third my third uh dork forest is vinyl video game soundtrack <laughs> uh well played uh i am gonna digress like i do in every dork forest to yeah. refer something that isn't your dorkdom i'm watching bridgerton um <laughs> On Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande, uh, Thank You Next mm-hmm. is a full orchestra version of that, is what they're oh. waltzing to. I love that. It was, I bought the co- I bought the covers. I, I bought the album. I, um, yeah. It's so easy to get me with covers. It's, it's yeah. so easy to be like, oh, it's like a fun cover. I'm like, yep, down, down, down. Exactly. I love the original. And now Pomplamoose is doing something exciting. Do it. Mash it up. And uh, so anyway. Uh, so, okay. So, so now we're in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. 2000, um, 2001, mm-hmm. which is a crazy year. It's uh, yeah. Another, another big year in the world of history uh, though. So what is, so, but the most important, like, so si- when did Silent Hill 2 come out? It came out, I believe, Late 2000, I believe October 2001, although I may be incorrect about that because I don't have it in front of me. And that's um, the second one, right? Silent Hill that's 2? The sec- that's okay. the second one. The first one came out, I believe, in 1999. And okay. it was it was successful. Essentially, uh, the first Silent Hill was Konami, which is the company that made Silent Hill, looking at Capcom's Resident Evil and going, well, that makes money. Let's do that. And a lot yeah. of companies did. A lot of companies made games that no one remembers because... And there were even series like there's a series called Clock Tower, which uh, started on the Super Nintendo, which was like you're in like sort of like a boarding school and there's a killer, which was fun. But then they made sequels to it that were a lot more Resident Evil-y because they were like, oh, that's what's selling. OK. Um, so the Silent Hill game, the first one was a success. And the second one uh, was actually slightly worse review than the first one because it was less run and gun and it was more just like talking. <laughs> spooky story stuff right yeah and but to me that actually is what makes it so superior is that it's it's also a short game it's eight hours it's 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 a small game at the same time konami was releasing this game called metal gear solid 2 and you know the metal gear series are these epics um you know it's like this giant story this international intrigue dozens of hours yeah and silent hill is by the same company different team obviously was this like small almost linear experience that you don't need to be good at games to play. There's an easy mode for the fighting, an easy mode for the puzzles that lets you almost walk through it. And honestly, you kind of should because the fights are window dressing. Right, right. Um, what you want is the story. You want to be creeped out by all of these different characters. You want to be and, creeped out. And, it can, and you can interact with those characters on the easy mode. Exactly. And, and still have some gameplay. So, exactly. all right. And, um, uh, yeah. And... And one of the more fascinating things about it that some games have since done, and I'm sure some games before it did, is a lot of video games that have multiple endings, it's very clear what choice you should make or failed to make. Whether, right. you know, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to save this person or kill them. And you have like a little like, you know, a halo up here with plus five good points or evil, <laughs> or you lost reputation. The game doesn't do that. Instead, it just records minor choices you make and that determines the ending. So if, for example, this like Maria um, marries your dead wife. Maria is like the sexy woman who looks exactly like her. If you, in the game, like 
work very hard to keep Maria healthy and you pay attention to her and you talk to her a lot, the ending of the game will be much more like Maria heavy. And, but if you ignore Maria or you let her get injured and, or like you look at your wife's letter a lot in the inventory, something you don't need to do. But if you do that, the game takes note of it and it becomes more of an ending about like your wife forgiving you or, you know, absolving you of it. And there's also insane endings, but it's so cool that the game doesn't tell you that it's paying attention to what you're doing. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. All games should do that. They should. Um, Yeah. And more games do it now. A lot more do it now. But at the time it was like, you know, oh, it's not like I I failed the torture scene and therefore I got the bad ending. You're more like, I don't understand. Why did I drive my car into the lake? Right. (laughs) Which is one of the endings. It's the, you've been dead the whole time and you drowned yourself. (laughs) Oh my God. I have to say that, um, you remember Fallout? Yeah, uh, of whatever. Yeah, so one of those, it might have been Fallout 2. Uh, there's an early scene where you can stop and help this woman from being harassed or sexually assaulted. Yeah. And if you don't, um, because uh, of a different nephew, I have many nephews, uh, he played it through where he didn't help her. And I was like, because I was watching him play, going, yeah. why aren't you helping her? Why he was like, wait, why, why aren't you, wait, you got a, you got a gun. Why, why aren't you helping her? And, uh, and he's like, I got, I got places to go. And so, uh, <laughs> or whatever that, I mean, he was just being a dick. Right. So, right. uh, so he, he goes out into the world and he plays the whole game and he says, and then he played it again and he helped her and he's, and the, the way the storyline changes, like he got a better dog or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like he got like he got better equipment or something better happened to him because he made a better choice. It's yeah. almost like real life where if you do esteemable acts, you get self-esteem. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like that, except for that. Uh, that's <laughs> what the game's trying to teach you. Yeah. Is, uh, help each other. Anyway, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was uh, it was Fallout. It was a pretty crazy ass game. But um, uh yeah um so it's it's this it's it's almost like in a time and sorry going back to 2001 that's also when grand theft auto 3 came out and if you remember that that was like we were like oh we can spend a hundred hours just walking around a giant city and do whatever we want Mm -hmm. it was kind of that moment was almost the birth of we need to make these games giant open world and like fully interactive Yes. And he was working at PlayStation right then. Yeah. And, and he was working for uh, six or eight months. He was working on this game that was supposed to be much like TVs. Video games get canceled Mm -hmm. like a year and a half, two years in, they would just get canceled. And he remembered one that was, it was supposed to be like an LA confidential kind of one. Mm -hmm. And it was so beautiful. And he was like, it's going to be this open world, Los Angeles, where you can wander around it, and it's set in the 40s and 50s. And then they canceled it, and he was like, he was devastated. He was yeah. like, this is killing me. Anyway, but it was this open world that you could just wander around in for hundreds of hours yeah. and interact with humanity. There's a, there was a comedy club in Grand Theft Auto. Uh, oh, I, I tra- remember I, that. I tried to get booked. They booked Inman. This happens in real life to me. <laughs> anyway. Uh, who were there? Was two comics in Grand Theft Auto Four. It was, I think, Ricky Gervais and Cat Williams. Williams, maybe? Was it? <laughs> maybe, very possible, very possible. It was, it was definitely two comics where you were like, I mean, I get why, but also I don't know. Right, right. I don't know who's booking this. Who's it literally this? wants you. you it begs the question. Uh, so, oh man, there was um, 
a few years, this is not horror. A few years ago, there was this like Steam game slash app that was supposed to be like essentially an open mic where, you know, you would have like an avatar that would like get a moment on stage and you'd have a timer and the audience would get to react. And I tried it once and it was the world's worst. Nobody's listening. It's worse than real open mics were. It's like no one, like everyone's shouting. It's almost like, you know, like when you went to open mics when you started and there was like, you know, two crazy people and 30 people who really want to do comedy. Mm-hmm. That game was more like two people really wanted to be, do comedy and there was 30 crazy people. Wow. And it was because they could just, and now we have Zoom open mics uh, that a lot of comics go to, which is actually one of the most supportive. It's so yeah. hard to get into a Zoom meeting that uh, to, to do it, you really want to watch comedy. Yeah. Uh, or you really want to perform comedy. One of those yeah. two things is definitely happening. <laughs> Because you had to do the update. You had to get like a password. Shit had to happen. You had to lighting work for you. Yeah, right, right. You had to buy a ring light. I bought a ring light. Look at that. I see them in my glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have two different depression lamps. (laughs) Oh, right, right. Your lighting is very beautiful, Mike. Thank you so much. It's uh, it's very (laughs) handsome. Uh, Everyone should know, by the way, I am talking with Mike Drucker. He has a new book out about Silent Hill Mm 2. And uh, and he is uh, a major force in the Full Frontal uh, with Smith V TV show. So uh, all of those things. And just follow him on at Mike Mike Drucker. And also on Instagram, which I think is Mike Drucker is dead. That's correct. Yeah. (laughs) Mike Mike Drucker was taken. So it's Mike Drucker is dead. Oh, there you go. And, and now we're back to dead video games. Uh, what are you, so we're at like 40 minutes, man. Yeah. So what I need to know is some sort of currently favorite. Are you, are you mostly doing VR horror right now? Um, at the moment I've been doing VR horror, but it's not necessarily because I like the format's super superior. It's just, there's been experiences recently. There was a Blair Witch Project game. Um, oh yeah? On uh, VR, it was also on Xbox, but in VR it's, again, you're in a forest, you're in a haunted forest. And look, I don't have a big space. I live in a New York apartment. Yeah. I have to like move a coffee table to even create the, the like the minimum six by six space. Right. So, um, so I don't have a lot of room to move around. It's not like I'm somebody who can like explore and walk around. But even then, even in the limitations of a relatively small apartment, there's moments when you do sort of feel immersed. Like you actually feel like, not like I'm in a forest is real, but you're like, I am actually afraid. And I actually like, like I'm afraid in this situation. I'm not afraid because I'm supposed to be afraid or I don't know. It's like, I am afraid because I'm in a forest right now. Right, right. You're actually in. Yeah. I mean, that VR has come so far in yeah. the last four or five years, I would, I would assert that um, it must look super real, much it's more great. real than it, than it ever. I know I'm, I'm, I would like to see the movie frozen too, quite honestly, <laughs> in VR. because the water, the way they yeah. did the water was so gorgeous. Uh, I remember watching it just on my HDTV and it, and I have an old, that's why it's called an HD TV. Cause it was yeah. like one of the first generation HD TV. It's <laughs> not, it's nothing exciting, uh, but it is, it was so beautiful to see yeah. the, the water scenes. They had clearly just figured out how to do water. That's yeah. what I I've noticed with Pixar and with Disney is the new movie. You're like, Oh, what are they, what are they working on? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. 
Have you ever seen like, have you ever gone back and watched something like Toy Story 1? It it looks so long. Like it looks like when you're, when you go to the movie theater in the nineties and they gave you like the little 3D animation of things. Like it's, yeah. it's so like, I remember seeing Toy Story when I was a little kid and being like, this is the greatest, most beautiful thing I've ever seen now. Mm-hmm. You look back at it, it looks terrible. It does not look, it does not look good. <laughs> the writing's still good. So it's still the writing's great. Up. Yes. It's, uh, which I have to say, let's weed off again to say that Soul Mm-hmm. was a movie that I did not want to see because I all I could think was oh, Pixar's killing people again and uh because they I mean they killed the whole planet in Wally mm-hmm. uh that old woman had a miscarriage and up yeah I was like I, I don't think I can I think <laughs> I'm not I'm not in it for the anime Pixar right I'm in it yeah. for the Disney and uh but Soul was actually really really funny it was and so good super sweet uh which is all I want out of my <laughs> Yeah, I animated. I'm not watching Titan. I'm not watching uh, the Titan. The you know where the yeah Attack on Titan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, even though it's... I understand it's very well done. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's bring you back. Talk let's bring me back. Um, I'm trying to think of other modern games that I'm playing at the moment. You know, uh, yeah, there's Blair Witch. Uh, they just released a version of Five Nights at Freddy's for VR uh, for the Oculus Quest, which I've what been playing. What is that? Five Nights at Freddy's is a, basically this dude made this indie game that was kind of a very simple game where you're a security guard in a Chuck E. Cheese analog. Mm-hmm. And what you find out is that the robots go rogue every time that like sort of the lights go out or something or other. And so you kind of have to manage the power of the security thing to both, you know, check cameras, but power goes down when you check a camera to like open this, but power goes down. So you're trying to manage power without being killed by these jump scare things. <laughs> it's very, it's, you can get it on iPhone. It's, it's a legitimately, it's very jump scare heavy. So it's not like, you know, it's not like, oh man, this really makes me look at the human spirit and wonder what we're <laughs> capable. It's much, it's much more like, oh God. Um, <laughs> like Silent Hill 2 is very much like, I mean, we all carry different, you know, layers and <laughs> sometimes we hurt those we love most. And this one's like, oh God, it's a giant robot. Um, so, but they just released that in VR and it's, it's so scary. It's so scary again, cause you're like, all you can see is what you're looking at. And when you turn around, that's where something is. Right. Um, that's where I'd keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd keep the terrifying thing just out of my peripheral. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I think that's good. I'm not saying that I'm that 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 I could write video games. I'm just saying maybe I could. Maybe I could. That's yeah. good. Good call. I'm saying well played. Okay. <laughs> there's also and there's also like now um, it's pretty popular in the indie scene to create very short horror experiences. Okay. So if so, it might not be like a 10 hour game. It might be like a 30 minute thing where you're. You know, literally there was one I played recently where it's like, you know, a cup, an hour or so or too long. And you're just going to work at this convenience store. But like you're walking through this creepy thing and everything feels like one step away from being right. And like, again, like it, but it's like a, it's like a short experience. It's almost more like a, um, like a walk through theme park ride. That's well done. Right. You know, it's not like. What's that but, called? Uh, it might just be called convenience store. Yeah. A lot of them are like. So like one of them is like, basically you get different VHS tapes of something like a kind of, not a crime scene, but like a horrible supernatural thing in a crime scene way. Right. And you kind of just like piece it together over half an hour of what happened and that's the end of it. 
Wow. So, and again, it lends itself to it because horror is something that you can be scared very quickly. You can be yeah. unsettled very quickly. Yes. Um, like there was, uh, there was this game called PT, which is, it was supposed to be a demo for a new Silent Hill game. But between the demo coming out and the new Silent Hill game, the company had a falling out with the creator and there was a big drama in the community. Kerfluffle. But this game, PT, is actually now considered one of the best horror games ever made, even though it's just a demo, because it's a very short experience. It's about 15, 30 minutes. And you're just walking through the same hallway every time. But again, it's one of those things where things change. Or, you know, if you open the door to the bathroom, there's like basically like a like a bloody fetus in the sink, but it's like living and crying. It's it's very creepy. You're like hearing like radios go off. It's hard to describe. But it's this tiny, short experience. Again, it was a demo. It was never yeah. supposed to be a full game. But literally, one, the company sucks. So they've tried to like, you can't download it again if you delete it. So there are people, including myself, like I have a PS5. PT doesn't work on the PS5. It only works on the PS4. So I'm keeping my PS4 just to preserve this demo that the company wants to nuke. Right. You'll show them. I'll show and, them. Uh, you'll show. It's, it's sort of like when I learned that your, my iPhone could actually record yeah things that were on the video mm -hmm. i was like oh well then huh. i can just record whatever this you know rant that i can't download you know how like some people are better at ripping youtube videos yeah. i can rip a youtube video but you can just hit record mm -hmm. on your phone and then it records whatever's playing on your phone yeah on twitter or facebook or instagram or whatever and yeah. um and i have kept some things that are dumb <laughs> that that will not i mean for posterity reasons that yeah will i i mean i don't know why i would keep it's literally an underwear ad for uh the guy chris evans oh and you're just like i love chris evans and he's very he's handsome great. super pale mm -hmm. uh in this True. weird <laughs> i was like why why am i keeping this and is it going to be one of those things uh my husband finds on my deathbed going what is huh how many times did she watch this gif Chris Evans, yeah. huh? <laughs> over and over again. Uh, it's okay. Still on the phone. Still on the hollow phone. Okay. <laughs> For, 45 years later, it's still on the phone. <laughs> right. And she's kept it charged. <laughs> anyway, so so PT sounds amazing. Uh, I wonder if there's just like a video of it on YouTube. That was what, there is. what I was leading to. Because oh, I yeah. kind of just want to watch it uh, okay. and, and then be frightened and then not have to think and then possibly think about it late at night. Um, have you ever... Uh, I'm going to get back to whatever. And this, it doesn't have to be like what you're playing right now. It could be sure. sort of like Silent Hill, obviously a favorite horror video mm -hmm. game of yours, but are there other, and, and, and there's a lot of suggestions in all of this we've already talked about, but, um, but I, but I would, I would ask you if there were any others and stuff, but before that, mm -hmm. I will ask if you have used any of your VR capabilities to do like escape rooms. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because they have online, uh, I've, I've, there was a dork forest about escape rooms and I think that it would be perfect with a VR helmet. It is. Uh, yeah, they have one called, I, I think it might actually just be called the room, but I forget. Okay. Um, and, and it's an escape room. It's the same as if you went to the old physical ex escape rooms, like you pull open a drawer, you find things, you solve little puzzles. Yeah. Right. They, 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 they have those and they're really great in VR. Yeah, I bet. Uh, just, I mean, it seems like it would be the only the only way to really. I mean, I suppose there's there's different um, there's there's uh, interfaces like where where you can create an art a virtual art gallery. 
Yeah. Um, and stuff like that. And I, I don't know if they're using that technology to make those v, uh, things, but, mm -hmm. but you cause you can go to an escape room just on your computer with that yeah. technology, but an immersive situation, I think, so yeah, would be, uh, much more exciting. And then the only other question I had for you, uh, that came up in the last 45 minutes is, uh, have you seen the movie Colossal? No, uh, I know what it's about, but I haven't seen it. It is ostensibly a monster movie, but yeah. it is actually a weird, it is a, it should be a video game. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it is such a weird, uh, she produced it too. I forget. Is it, who is it? Um, Nylee? What's her name? Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Kira. Oh, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley might be in it. And it's, um, and she produced it and because i think that um she colossal movie this real clock eater rangers aren't you glad you tuned in good for you uh so um a guy named nacho vigalando directed it first of all and that ah. that should that should just be oh anne hathaway yeah not kira knightley at all not at all. Yeah, I get Hathaway. where you're coming from, though. Uh, sure, same age. Uh, ha obviously, has the same people uh, having them work out. Yep. Uh, because they have the same sort of ab structure. Yeah. Uh, good for them. Uh, I would like someone to force me to work out. Right. But uh, it's not happening. We can't all be Kumail. Like we can't. <laughs> I and I swear to God, if they cast me in a Marvel movie, I might spend two years trying to get it together yeah uh yeah i would uh and then i would be just as irritated as kumail's wife was for those two years and then, of course <laughs> while being supportive because emily emily said that she was super unsupportive and then supportive and then unsupportive again and then yep. supportive again yeah. because it was maddening uh oh, of course i'm sure i'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was, was insane six hours yeah. a day and then eating just one piece of raw tuna or whatever the hell, like a yeah. like he's a dolphin. Catch it. Anyway, so <laughs> Colossal is a, a 2016 science fiction black comedy film direct directed and written by Nacho Vigalando. Oh. And it is uh, a delight and should be a video game and would be an excellent kind of scary video game okay. because it's it's got that discomfort level. Yeah. That I think yeah. that you seem to enjoy. I do in a video game where you're like, it's just slightly off. That's what I like. I like, uh, I like, not like in some haughty way, but I, you know, I don't love torture porn. You know, no. like if there's, if there's- <laughs> Take a stand. But uh, I mean like, you know, people like movies like Hostel or like movies where there's like gruesome death scenes or, you know, like torture scenes, like human centipede type things. And those things are, they're not scary to me. They're just unpleasant. Like, I'm not scared watching it. I'm just like, uh, uh, don't cut off his finger. Uh, yeah, like it's just cause you can make it look real. Doesn't mean yeah. that you should use that power. Right. It's sort of like that episode, even bones. I would watch, uh, on the road, I would watch a lot of bones <laughs> and, um, and they could make all of the dead bodies look real. And I was like, you guys are killing me. Uh, cause I'm, I'm here for the hologram. I'm not here for the, for the, the real looking death. Right. And, um, but I do, yeah. So, and I like it if it drives the story, you know? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I definitely gravitate more towards like the silent hilly type things. The, yeah, the one step, like some one thing's wrong or there's something wrong with this town or, you know, I mean, to me, like, you know, I don't, to, it's, it's honestly 
maybe the comparison is to me, I don't necessarily love the back half of a horror movie when they're being chased by a guy with a chainsaw, but I love the front half when they're at a gas station. Someone's like, y'all shouldn't be in this town. <laughs> like that to me is perfect. I love that. To me, I the moment someone, and that's how I always <laughs> felt on the road, especially when I lived in Washington state, because yeah. you do shows like, you know, you've been on the road. Like everyone thinks when you're on the road, you're doing like, clubs all the time right and sometimes you're going to do like a strip mall in a town that looks like there was a fire at a school and no one knows what happened you know what i mean like it looks like it's haunted yeah. like you've done comedy for haunted audiences yeah just haunted as uh i i was uh, literally there's if i'm staying at a super eight and there's a bullet hole in one of the <laughs> uh this has not been a thing that has not happened to me right yeah and of course and which is which is always funny whenever anyone complains about Zoom stand-up. I'm like, this isn't even the worst gig I've ever done. I understand no. <laughs> the, uh, my options of getting laid after this. You're right. Actually, much better since I've married. But because I'm, yeah. I'm home. <laughs> right. I'm not 30 minutes into a set at a Jewish retirement home. <laughs> Oh, just watching them be mad at me. Right. I was thinking, um, cause I'm not going to go on the, I made a decision yesterday that I'm not going to go on the road until I'm vaccinated. And I would, and, and I don't like that decision. I have vaccine envy, uh, as Aaron Jackson has put it. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I also would love for the audience to be vaccinated. Oh, and I was yes. talking to a friend of mine and she goes, you know that, who that, what that means? That means that you're performing for the elderly for teachers and for nurses right now. And I was like, no, you're right. So I guess I can wait to be vaccinated. Not that I don't want to perform for all of those groups, uh, but it is very specific exactly who I'd be performing for. Yeah, it's a very narrow group. If I were, if that were the criteria. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but okay, so uh, yeah, just some more, some more faves. Yeah. Uh, oh. So there is Layers of Fear, which is great, where you play uh, the child of a painter that went insane and you're walking through you're walking through your house. That's both good. They have that on Switch. They have that in VR. They have that on basically everything. Um, and that one's fun because you're piecing together the story. You're piecing together what happened to this man. Um, you know, uh, you're uh, like reading these old papers. You're seeing, and you find out like how his relationship with his wife fell apart. Like. To me, again, like I like, um, have you ever done Sleep No More in New York City? No, wait, maybe, what is that? Sleep No More <laughs> is, it's this, it was, I suppose now, uh, this interactive theater experience, which sounds bad, but let hear me out. Um, <laughs> it's they, the theater company or whoever runs it basically bought a warehouse and they converted it to four floors, four or five floors. And one of, and the top floor is sort of like a bar type music performance area. And the other floors are each styled differently. Like they have different looks to them. And it's basically you're walking through a story that keeps looping. So it's expensive, but you can follow different actors around. You can just open drawers in a room and like read letters, put them back. And, but like literally people, like actors will walk right by you and there'll be a scene and they'll keep going. There's security guards throughout. And apparently there have been news stories about how bad sexual harassment is there from patrons because Ugh. they'll see an actor and then grab her ass. You know, right, right, because because pe people can be jackasses. But I have heard of, uh, but I've heard about this. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. So that that talk about an immersive VR experience, right? Uh, <laughs> but that's like the experience I love when it's in a horror game. It's sort yeah. of because when you're at Sleep No More, it's again this sounds terrible, but it's all interpretive dance. 
Yeah. But again, everything's oh. one step to the side. So you like, you see these people come in and they're fighting in sort of a dance way. And then they run and you're like, do I follow them? Or do I try to figure out why they were in this room? Right. Well, it's so funny because you're like, it, it's because it does sometimes performance art by its, but when you say those words out loud, the, yeah. the worst performance art I've ever seen in my life was banana land. It was so crazy. Andy and I, it was an early date. It was down in Culver city uh everyone there were two it was it was in the round so it was all it was impossible to leave i will say this an older couple in front of us left anyway oh my god you know what that is gutsy stuff i want to grow up to be them because what it was is it was two scientists and it was about cloning and people were wrapped in saran wrap and then they were nude and then they were completely hairless and when i say completely we got to see all of it, including Jeez. their butts. And I didn't want to know. Anyway, at one point, uh, the woman is, the nude woman clone is hovering over what looks to be uh, a birdbath basin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, two metal balls fall out of her into the, ba- it was so bad. I can't even talk to you uh, about. That's so when so we terrifying. left, Andy turned to me and he said, can I just say I didn't know? And I, and, <laughs> and the guy who brought us, one of his close friends goes, just before anyone, the five of us left, uh, it was five people. And the first thing this guy, Aaron Vanek goes, I am so sorry. <laughs> and then <laughs> it yep. was horrible. But so the immersion thing though, that sounds more interesting because you, you, so you could, could you, did you go more than once? I've been more than once. Um, I, each time I sort of like, I like to more get lost in it. I like to more like explore the rooms, you know, I'll watch scenes as they come in, but I'm a little less compelled to like follow specific actors. Okay. Um, but that's what I love in, in horror games. I love this almost quiet exploration of trying to figure out what's wrong, you know, or what happened here yeah. or why, why is this good? Like to me, that's far more interesting than like killing the largest character. <laughs> right. You know, at the end of the game. Right. Those are those are different games. You know, yes. those sort of yeah. like smash and grab and and mm-hmm. bang bang. That those can be super fun. Yeah. But this game is different. This is this is a different genre. And you yeah. played many different genres, right? I did. I did. Okay. So this isn't the only thing. You're not creepily sitting there trying to get uncomfortable. No, no. <laughs> No. You have other, you have Animal Crossing or some damn thing that you oh, yeah. like. Oh yeah, definitely do. <laughs> right now I'm playing Dragon Quest Eleven, which is like as opposite of those games as you can get. It's more like a cheerful anime for children. Oh, so well, uh, what platform is that on? It's on all, uh, all of them. Switch, oh, okay. Xbox, PlayStation's on all of them. It is such a lovely game. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah. Uh, Mike Drucker, it has been an hour. You should probably know uh, that uh, that we have been talking, and I waited off on you. Is there anything that let's? It's much like soccer. Let's give you some yeah. of these minutes back. Okay. Uh, is there anything that you didn't get to talk about that you want to tell us about? Uh, uh no, I think I hit everything. But awesome. if you want my book, uh, it's called yeah. Silent Hill Two. It comes out uh, physically January twenty sixth, I believe, digital the nineteenth. Okay. Or it's already out. It's already out. Yeah, and it'll be out by the time this drops. It'll be already out. That's Um, awesome. Silent Hill 2. Yeah, Silent Hill 2. It's by Boss Fight Books. Uh, You can buy it. You can buy it on various sites. However, I recommend buying it from Boss Fight Books themselves. You can Google it and go to their site um, just because it's an independent publisher and the money going to them would be great. Yeah. Um, 
January 26th. Yeah. And um, and then it's at Mike Drucker on Twitter and at, at Mike, Mike Drucker. Drucker is dead on Instagram. That's right. And people should watch Full Frontal because uh, it's super good. And, yeah. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. And, uh, and do you have any albums? I don't. Every time I've planned an album, I have either gotten lazy or gotten a writing job that sort of kiboshed it. <laughs> uh, that is all of our losses, just so everyone yeah. knows. Oh, and thank you. Uh, for you are a delight. Ladies and so gentlemen, much. we've been listening and talking with Mike Drucker. Uh, we've also been listening and talking to me as I <laughs> wax uh, like I do. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you for having me. And uh, Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?